Teaching our youth to love and appreciate the outdoors is something that we need to do to maintain our hunting and fishing heritage. It is the same with our love for Jesus Christ. We need to pass the gospel message on to those that are coming behind us. Judges 2.10 tells us, All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and another generation rose up after them who did not know the Lord, nor even the work which he had done for Israel. Our world is reaping the fruit of not teaching our children what God expects of them. Many children are appointed towards Jesus Christ and then left to fend for themselves. We have a responsibility to disciple others into a mature relationship with their Savior. If we fail to do this, they'll become like a fish on the edge of the water. They will flounder and eventually fall back into the life we had before Christ. Join us now on the Trail to Adventure as we visit with a father and his young son and learn about reading a stream and hooking fish. Come along now as we join our host, Dean Hulse, in God's Great Outdoors. Welcome back to God's Great Outdoors, the Trail to Adventure. This is your host, Dean Hulse, and I've got some special guests today. We're actually in my home studio. We're actually in deer season, but we're going to talk a little bit about hunting and a little bit about fishing today with my grandson, Hunter. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for coming today, Hunter. Yeah, no problem. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, my name's Hunter, and I live in Minnesota, uh, and we came here for a week because we wanted to stay here for Thanksgiving and because we want to go hunting. Okay, well, and you've... You've got all once so far, right? Uh, With no luck yet. Yeah, yeah, okay. once. Two, two deer you saw after it was too dark to shoot. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit. I mean, you've you've gotten to do a little bit of hunting in the past, and you've gotten a couple of animals. Tell us what you've gotten. Uh, well, I've gotten two turkeys and two deer. First deer I shot was I think a five point. Mm-hmm. So we shot that. Uh, and I actually dropped it first year, and I shot a good-sized doe, and I shot two turkeys. Tell us about that first turkey hunt. Oh, the first turkey, uh, we got down over to the area, and we didn't use any chairs or anything. We literally just went up about this like slope sort of hill, and then we got on our bellies, and we got the gun ready, and all of a sudden we see this huge bird. And so we pull the gun up, and he's moving back and forth. So eventually I lock onto the head and shoot it, and it's just a huge one. And how far did you shoot? Uh, 10 yards or so? Yeah, 10 yards. Okay. okay, 10 feet. Close. You guys put a decoy out before you even got a chance to call. The turkey saw it and came running at you before you were set up. Yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting. And you also like to do some, uh, well, first of all, let's let's talk about your, because you, you were here this year at, at camp for uh, the the youth turkey, uh, youth deer season, mm-hmm. and uh, you got a, a nice five-point buck. And that was, that uh, last year, I guess that was, that was a year ago now, right? You got yeah. a doe this year. Yeah, I got a doe this year, and I got a buck last year. Okay, and we just got his antlers back from from the taxidermist. We did. So he'll he'll go home with you to Minnesota and hang on your wall. But we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, fishing today, and uh, and you you like to do a lot of different fishing. But what's your favorite? Trout fishing. Yeah, there's not many kids your age that trout fish. When I was your age, I was walking behind my dad like you do, and in the to the streams. 
and we used to go every weekend. My dad would get up on Sunday or Saturday mornings early, and we would go out. And one of the fun things is, I used to we never got to eat junk food for breakfast except we would go trout fishing. We would have if if grandma my if my mom your grandma uh, your great grandma would uh, make a pie or something that weekend, we would get to eat pie or cake for breakfast before we went out, and that was always Aww. special to me. Because today we don't do those things anymore, but uh, so much or at that time we we did we didn't do them at all. But we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about you. You like to go stream fishing for trout, and you and your dad walk quite a ways sometimes. Yeah, we do. I enjoy the walk. And you guys had a really good place to fish on a long walk down railroad tracks, right? Yeah, one of my favorite places to go trout fishing is uh, we go through this small little brush. Then we'd walk along this railroad track for like five minutes, and then we just got a little stream. And we're not going to tell anybody where that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret, and nobody goes in there. I appreciate you you sharing that with us, and I'm going to have your dad talk a little bit about what were um, about the co- a couple of experiences you've had, and then some lessons learned from that experience. So. Um, we're going to take a break real quick and Adam's going to come on and he's going to share um, with everybody who our main sponsors and donors are. And then uh, we're going to come back in a minute and learn a little bit about Hunter's fishing and some of the experiences and lessons learned there. So thanks, Hunter. Yep. For the last 26 years, God's Great Outdoors Trail to Adventure has been broadcast out to win men and women, boys and girls for Jesus Christ. This is only possible by the generosity of our listeners. Thank you to all who have supported us in the past. God has blessed us because of you. We pray for you to feel his blessings as well. Additional underwriting support has been provided by Matthews Archery, the leader in the archery industry. Mission Archery, with revolutionary crossbow technology. Three Rivers Archery, supplying everything you need to make your own traditional archery equipment. Hunter Safety Systems, saving lives is what we do. And Conviction Game Calls. At Conviction, we do not separate work from our faith. We believe that our faith should be evident in every aspect of our lives, and the outdoors is one of the best places to share that. God's Great Outdoors has produced many ministry tools, including tracts, DVDs, and books to help you reach others for Jesus Christ. You can access these items, other God's Great Outdoors items, and so much more at our website, ggoutdoors.org. That's ggoutdoors.org. God's Great Outdoors is happy to announce that our new website is up and running. There's more work coming, but you can now join us at godsgreatoutdoors.org. Over the years, our listeners have heard the voice of Cindy Calouette as she came on the radio to share a wild game recipe. Well, we're excited to let you know that we're now building a great and extensive cookbook that will be available for our listeners soon. The cookbook will be called A Taste of God's Great Outdoors. We'd love to have you listeners share your favorite wild game recipes with us, and if we use your recipe in the cookbook, we'll send you a free signed copy of the finished book when they're available. So if you have a recipe for fish, frogs, turtle, deer, bear, or any wild game, please head to the new website and read the instructions, leaving us all the information on yourself and your recipe. This will be a fun and exciting project that we're looking forward to sharing with you. Leave as many recipes as you have at godsgreatoutdoors.org. Welcome back to God's Great Outdoors, the trail to adventure. And 
We are here in Michigan with my son Nick and my grandson Hunter and a couple other kids running around here, but hopefully they won't run in the middle of our recording. But we've already uh, introduced Hunter to the listeners, and you talked about your passion for for trout fishing and for hunting and the outdoors, and you, you've you been blessed to be raised at two different Bible camps out in the out in the woods. You've had bears in your yard, you've had wolves in your yard, um, deer in your yard, and I think a duck lived out not too far from your house this summer too, when I was over there. So, um, but we're going to we're going to t- bring Nick in now, Hunter's dad, my son, and we're going to talk a little bit about some trout fishing because Nick loves trout fish. I was raised trout fishing. I don't walk very far on the streams anymore, but uh, if I get a chance to, I I will get back out again, hopefully soon. But Nick, share with us how you got Hunter involved. Um, you know, you went with me some as as I didn't fish that much as when you were little. I was working a lot more, but but I know that you love to trout fish and you've had Hunter out. But tell us a little bit about your experiences, the two of you. Sure. So Hunter's always enjoyed fishing. He loved coming out with me if we were going on a lake, if we were going out and bobber fishing. He loved that. He loved pulling in bluegills. And he asked me one day if he could come out. I was going out to fish some of the streams that I had to go a long ways through some swamps to get to. He asked if it'd be possible if he could come with, and I I had my doubts as to how it would go. Hunter's not real tall, uh, and this was three years ago or so when he started doing it, so he definitely wasn't tall then. But I said, yeah, we can we can try it. You can come with. We'll see how this goes. And there were a lot of times that as he's walking behind me, all I could see is his fishing pole up over the tall grass waving back and forth. And I'd, I'd let him uh, catch up. He wouldn't be very far behind me. And I'd ask if he wants to turn around, and he was too excited. He wanted to go. He wanted to try and catch uh, trout on streams like what I was doing. But we'd go out, and, and I I taught him where it is that he's supposed to uh, fish, where the trout like to hang out, what it is they like to eat, um, and a little bit with, okay, here's how you, you fish them, here's how you cast, uh, a little bit of everything. And he caught on real quick. Loved coming out with me, loved going. Uh, every time I'd go, he'd ask if it was possible if he could go. Some of them just, it was going to be way too tough of a hike. But most of the time, if it was doable for him, he'd come out with me. Well, and again, he said a five-minute walk down a railroad grade, but I know it was a lot further than that. It, it was much farther than that. It took about 15 to 20. Yeah, yeah. And then coming back later on. But And, and again, I've I've... Been around, actually, I was not here when you shot your first turkey. I was somewhere else. I don't remember where, but I was turkey hunting somewhere else that, that week, so I didn't get a chance to be there for that, and we've not gotten a chance to, not gotten a chance to uh, trout fish together. Hopefully soon if I get my hip wor- working and I can walk again very far. But, Nick, I, um, I know that you've, you've showed Hunter how to read a stream, how to look for holes, how to look for how the water flows into those holes, and, and then... And I know with that you you fish some with not just worms, but for the most part, hunters fishing for trout has just been worm fishing, which I'm fine because that's my favorite kind of fishing. I I can go out and I can be in a rough day and I can go out and get a worm on a hook and I can get snags and I can lose fish and I can get my line tangled in trees. But when I'm done that day, that's one of the most relaxing things for me. And I love to read the stream, like we're talking about. I love to see how do you get a fish in. And I've lost fish over the years, but uh, tell us a little bit about some of the experiences with Hunter and uh, reading the stream and losing and catching fish. Yeah. So the uh, the, the best story I've got, and, I, and this is this is probably my favorite fishing story, and, and I don't mean just with 
just with Hunter, I mean with me, I mean with anybody I've ever fished with. Hunter got the chance. Uh, we we had a, a small bend in a river where there was a good pocket. Water dropped down to about five feet. And most of the streams that I fish, at their widest spot, they might be 15 feet. Mm-hmm. At the widest. That's and, mine too. Three or four feet is more more my, my style. Yep. Well, this was, a, this was a wider pocket in a corner. And the water was spilling down actually over a, over a log. So it would come down in. Um, and I had taught Hunter how it is that you read a stream, how you look for where the fish are going to be. And we, we went into this little pool and I, I asked him, I said, okay, using what it is that you've been shown and, and what you've been taught, how are you going to fish this? And Hunter walked me through it where he wanted to flip his worm up at the top where the water was spilling in, let the current carry it down into the eddies. Uh, and, uh, and watch to see his line move for when a fish hits. So I, I said, okay, you can do that. And I went down to the bottom of the hole. I let him go to the top and I had no sooner got my line in the water and Hunter is screaming. And I thought something bad had had to have happened. He was just screaming and screaming. And I, I dropped my pole and turned around and Hunter is holding his pole up in the air as high as he can over the stream. And there's about a 16-inch brook trout hanging on the end of his line, flopping all over the place. And I'm yelling to him, Hunter, get it over shore! Get it over shore! And he, just as he goes to move his pole over shore, the fish drops off and splashes right back down into the stream. So we, I came over and I said, Hunter, once you have it on your line, you got to get it over shore. He'll throw the hook otherwise. And he said, okay. And I said, everything else feel good? And he said, yeah, everything else felt great. So he... Does the same thing again. I go back down. I pick up my pole. I've got, uh, my line is in the water and has been. I pick up my pole and before I start reeling, Hunter is screaming again the exact same way. And I turn around and he's got probably a 13 or 14 inch brookie out of the same hole doing the exact same thing. He's holding it out over the stream. And again, he's yelling and screaming. He's so excited. And I yelled at him again uh, or yelled to him again. And I said, move it over shore. And he, oh yeah. And just as he starts to swing his pole over shore, the fish drops off the line, hits the bank and flops his way back down into the stream and he got away. And it it may not sound like that should be my favorite fishing story because he had two monster brook trout. Cause we're up here in the UP. If you can catch one, catch a brookie that's 14, 15, 16 inches, you've got a monster. Uh, the, the small streams, they just don't get that big. It doesn't sound like that should be my favorite fishing story, but I realized something that day. And that's, I had taught Hunter how to read the stream. He knew how to cast. He knew how to put a worm on his hook. He knew where the fish liked to hang out, how to cast, how to let his line drift down in, how to set the hook and how to reel in a fish. And I never taught him, what do you do once you've got the fish on the line? You've done all those things. I had forgotten to tell him what he has to do next. I've used this story a lot of times, uh, especially in, in Christian walk. So I, I work at uh, Camp Jim, a Bible camp out in Pillager, Minnesota. And I've noticed that camps and youth groups and Awana programs and like five-day clubs, they're, they're fantastic at sharing the gospel. But one thing that we tend to do, and, and camps are, are notorious for this, and it's something that I know every camp strives to get better at, is we do a great job of telling you what you need to do to accept Christ. What is it that Christ has done for us? You know how to read your Bible. You know what it is that Christ has done. You know how to be saved. 
We do a great job of teaching that. And then we get a kid, especially at camp, that will have a uh, will have an altar call, and you'll have a kid come forward and he'll give his life to Christ, and we all celebrate and we jump up and down and we scream like Hunter was doing, having that fish. We all cheer, we all scream, we jump up and down. And then a lot of times we send those kids home and some of them might not come from a church home. They, they might have never set foot in a church before. They might have never heard the gospel before. Yet they're going home and there's all this excitement and we don't tell them what it is they need to do next. And that's why I love the story of Hunter with those fish on. I had dropped the ball as a father and as a fisherman. I hadn't told him what he needed to do next with that fish. So I, I love talking about that fish. And then what do we need to do after we have made a decision for Christ? So what do we do? Where, where do we go from there? If you've made a decision for Christ and what we are called to do is we are called uh, to every day uh, to try and be more like Christ. Now we all fail. We all fall short because none of us are perfect. We all still have that sin nature that does not go away. Uh, we still all have a desire. We're selfish. We all suffer with or deal with pride. We all deal with a number of different sins. But what do we do? And we are called to be more like Christ every day. And what we need to do is if we know we need to be like Christ, well, how do we do that? Well, we have to follow his model. You have to read your Bible. You have to spend time seeing what it is that God wants us to be like. And we find that in his word. And it's uh, one of my one of my favorite words to use. And I love using this one for... Uh, especially junior high and high school is uh, the sanctification process, a really big, long word that uh, please don't ask me to try and spell it. <laughs> the thing that we do is we're, we're trying to be sanctified. And the simplest definition that I've ever heard came from a church that I was at down in Green Bay. And that's the spirit of God using the word of God to make us more like the son of God. And that's something that we need to do. We need to strive to be more like Christ every day. And again, we're going to fall short. We're going to fail. That Not a day goes by that I don't fail in some way, shape, or form uh, to, be, to be perfect like Christ is perfect. But what we need to remember is that the blood of Christ is there. Uh, that is That punishment has already been taken. The punishment for my sin, the Bible tells us that the, the wages of sin is death. It also tells us that the gift of God is eternal life. And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we use this time of sanctification that we want to grow to be more like Christ. So that's what we have to do. It's not just we made the decision, uh, because I know lots of people that, that they go up, they make decisions, and knowing whether or not they're saved is way above my pay grade. That is something that only God knows, because I can't see the person's heart. But there are lots of people that I've seen go up front that have told me later that it meant absolutely nothing, and they didn't care. And that... Uh, that really hurts. That That's sad to see. It's sad to hear. So it's it's an important thing to know what it is that you do next. And that's, you need to strive to be more like Christ, spend time in his word, uh, spend time in fellowship with him through prayer and through reading. And you know, that's with, when we have an, someone that's come to Christ as a, as a new creation, uh, whether it be a child or whether it be an adult, the the next thing is discipleship. And that's where, you know, one of the things is, yeah, we tell them, okay, here's how you come to Christ. Here's here's how you become the new creation that the Bible talks about. Discipleship is next, and that's coming around each other, coming around with someone that's new in faith or even someone that's been around but hasn't grown to help disciple them into what God wants them to be, to, to get into that, that, grow closer to that sanctification that God wants of us. 
and we fail at that with everything. I, you know, how many? There's literally hundreds, if not thousands, of wild game feeds that go on at churches every year. And I think the biggest failure, if there is a failure in those, is the gospel message goes out, and it generally goes out clearly. If not, the, you, we need to look at that. But in most of them, the gospel message goes out clearly. But then people go home, and we don't follow up with those that say, yes, I accepted Christ that day. And without that, I mean, some people dive into their Bible, and they, they'll, they'll grow on their own. But it's a lot longer process. And a lot of people, I think there's some, some sincere salvations at these events, but they don't, they don't grow from there. And without that, it's a shame because their responsibility is to share to the next person, lead them to, the, to Christ, and then disciple that person. That's the way it's set up for us to do. That's the way God has set this up, and we fail at that. I love the story. You know, I've, I've actually got, got a, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I, I've got something started, a writing that talks exactly about this because as hunters or fishermen, let's, let's use fishermen in this situation. You, you pull up a beautiful brook trout, you throw it in your creel, and if you leave it there and you don't, and you don't prepare it, you don't take it from there to what, what it can be, which is food for us, then it's a waste. You know, not that you didn't catch the fish, not that someone didn't come to Christ through those situations, but if we don't take it to what's next, we failed at it. And what my writing is that, same thing with a trophy buck. We can hunt and hunt. We can plan for a whole year. We can plan, people chase the same buck for three, four years and see it on trail camera and someday they kill it, harvest it. And if they don't, they don't make use of it. They don't leave it there on the ground to, to rot. They take it and they have the taxidermist prepare the head and they prepare the meat for their families. Well, that's what we're called to, exactly what you're talking about. We go from, from being a new creation to growing into what God wants of us. So, Hunter, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here with me today. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Got anything else you'd like to tell us? Uh, follow Jesus. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's, uh, we, we've had a good week in camp so far. Um, I've not been successful. But Hunter's older sister and Nick's daughter, Chloe, got a good buck. Nick got a good buck and some other friends got some good bucks here. And uh, there's still a lot of time, but it's sunny out and warm and it's a good day to sit in the stand. But it's also a good day to to record a radio program. So we're going to, I think, sign off from here and Adam will add a little bit. But Nick, you got anything else you wanted to add? No, just uh, it's it's awesome to get to be here. I love sharing that story, and uh, again, I I don't want to take anything away from anything that churches, camps, youth groups, anything do. I think that what uh, and again, I work in youth ministry primarily, but in family ministry as well. Uh, so I I love getting to share the gospel. Continue to share the gospel with those around you. And again, we we've got a responsibility to share the gospel and lead others to Christ. But if we leave it at that. And don't prepare someone to grow from there into what what God has planned for them. Then we do have a little bit of a failure in there. So, and again, that's that's easy to do. It's it's a rejoicing time. It says the Bible says even the angels rejoice when someone comes to Christ. So when that happens, if we could take that and turn it into what God wants it to be, we're we're way further ahead. Well, I appreciate you guys joining me, and I appreciate all of our listeners that are out there listening today. And each week, and I hope you guys enjoyed the the show. We enjoyed putting it together for you. We hope that you'll join us next week on the Trail to Adventure as we go into God's great outdoors. 
There are few places more relaxing in God's great outdoors than the banks of a trout stream. The sounds and smells are refreshing and the lessons learned will follow throughout our lives. Our host learned at a very young age on the streams and in the woods to follow closely in his father's footsteps and when he did, he would be successful in all he did. The same is true in all our spiritual walks. When we follow closely in the steps of Jesus Christ, our lives will be much more blessed than going out on our own. If you've enjoyed today's program and would like to hear the extended podcast version, you can find it by looking for Dean Hulse Trail to Adventure wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This program is provided by and can be contacted at God's Great Outdoors, P.O. Box 414, Powers, Michigan, 49874, or on the website, ggoutdoors.org. For Dean Hulse, this is Adam Erickson wishing you a great week ahead. Remain in the paths of Jesus as you travel down life's trail to adventure in and out of God's great outdoors. We look forward to meeting up with you right here next week.